2: Yes, indeed it is, and a great morning to you. Thank you very much for joining us as we get your Monday started at 8 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. Now on the 16th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020, the final morning before voting day, primary-wise anyway, in the state of Ohio. And uh, tomorrow it looks like the election will go on as scheduled. There were four big primaries tomorrow around the country. Of course, Ohio being one of them. Maybe you've already voted. Maybe you've already taken advantage of the early voting opportunities. Maybe you did it absentee. Uh, and maybe you're going to go out there with the crowds tomorrow. Which, of course, is a big question mark as to whether or not you should. That, of course, is not an endorsement of not going out to vote. As a matter of fact, I want to do just the opposite of that. I want to encourage everybody to go to vote tomorrow. But... The question remains, why has the government of the state of Ohio decided to shut down virtually all public gatherings where people can come into contact with one another except for the voting, except for primary voting? It begs the question of exactly how serious uh, the coronavirus, the Wuhan coronavirus, uh, is being taken at all levels of government from local to to state to the federal level and how much of it is consistent with one another which is going to be a large focus of the conversation I think around the state of Ohio today and I think quite frankly around the country last night at 9 p.m. all bars and restaurants of course were closed per the order of Governor Mike DeWine and that has a lot of people just livid for a lot of very interesting reasons some of which I think are pretty well gone valid however Other people are saying that is exactly what should be done, and don't just stop with bars and restaurants. The governor needs to order shopping malls closed. The governor needs to order all public venues where crowds can gather and people are tempted or are forced into, essentially, uh, a violation of the personal space rule that everybody is talking about, a violation of the social distancing rule, that uh, six-foot rule that everybody is referencing. Uh, Some are saying that the governor and that other, again, local officials, not just in Ohio, but around the country, are not going far enough. And I think it's fair for us to talk about all of this today. And that's what I want to do. I want to have a very fair, not stealing Fox News's tagline when I say fair and mouse, but a reasonable discussion. One that is, uh, one that relies upon common sense. I want common sensible solutions and answers to the question. Now, the problem when trying to seek common sensible solutions as to what the government is doing and whether or not they are doing the right things, the problem is, is nobody really knows because we don't have precedent here. This is literally A, uh, this is uncharted territory or uncharted waters that we have found ourselves sailing into. Uh, Normally, you could rely on previously charted courses by ship captains, but we really don't have one like this. Talking about going back to the uh, H1N1 virus, going back and talking about SARS, talking about Ebola, talking about any of the number of um, uh, Zika virus, any of the number of pandemics that have uh, plagued, Uh, Mankind at various points in time over the last few years, or really the last several decades, none of them really quite measure up to this one, at least in the eyes of the government, at least in the eyes of the government and the medical uh, personnel that they are relying upon to help them establish policy, because we've never shut down America before. The world has never shut down full countries for a business and commerce before. It just, it just hasn't happened. It's not just the United States. We will talk about our European allies and friends. We certainly will talk about the Far East and where this whole thing began in China. But it just hasn't been done before, which then makes us ask the question, why now? Why now are all of these businesses being shuttered? Why are all of these uh, uh, extraordinary steps being taken? Some suggest that the government and the media are panicking and and driving this thing, you know, as far as they can for their own personal political narratives, political agendas. Perhaps I have talked about this over the last few weeks. That the one way for the American left to really make sure that they take a huge bite out of Donald Trump in this coronavirus uh, uh, situation is to spread panic and fear so people stop spending. Spread panic and fear so that Bill Maher gets his wish that the economy collapses, that the economy crashes down, and that a lot of this is driven by that. And I think there uh, there is something to that, I really believe but it's be, it's much be more be, it's much beyond that it is beyond that is what i'm trying to say it is not just about a political endeavor now to try to harm one particular candidate or one particular party or one particular particular ideology there is more than that while some suggest that the government is going too far and that the media is spreading hysteria in order to crash the economy others are suggesting the government isn't doing enough that the government needs to come down even heavier than the way they are right now. Among them, the man who has kind of become the de facto uh, medical guide through all of this, Dr. Fauci, who is uh, uh, you know working with the federal government, advising Congress, testifying before committees, to advising the President of the United States, and he's on virtually every uh, television talk show that there can be. He's kind of become America's doctor on this. Uh, Dr. Fauci said that, look, you might think that this is extreme, what is being done, but it's not even extreme enough. We need to go further than that. I
3: don't think it's going to be that worse because I think what we're doing is going to have an effect. And, and for example, the president's decision to to essentially have a major blocking of, of travel from China, that already had an effect of not seeding Mm -hmm. the way in Europe, Italy didn't do that and and I feel so badly because I have so many friends Mm -hmm. there, they're getting hit hard. What we're doing now with the other travel restrictions, so you block infections from coming in and then within is when you have containment and mitigation. And that's the reason why the kinds of things we're doing that may seem like an overreaction will keep us away from that worst case scenario.
2: So Dr. Fauci is advising what some may consider to be a worst-case scenario reaction. He is advising for a full-on 14-day shutdown, essentially, of American business and commerce. He's advising for what the American people feared when they started flocking to grocery stores a few weeks ago and hoarding toilet paper and hoarding hand sanitizer and cleaning products. And certain foods, people kind of saw. A lot of people kind of saw that what was coming was going to be much longer and larger than where we were at that time. And I was not among them. In fact, I'm still not really among them because I don't believe that a 14-day shutdown of everything in America, the way they are doing in some countries like Italy, uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's warranted. I quite frankly don't think it's constitutional. But. Many started this process because they were afraid that the government would go a little bit too far and shut everything down. Not just limit large gatherings, not just shut down bars or restaurants, but anything that people collect that, you know, in, in one place to do would be shut down. And that is a very, very dangerous situation to try to forecast but that's what a lot of people did and now here it comes you know you've got dr fauci who has the ear of the president who has the ear of uh uh, mike pence and the entire coronavirus response team he's got the ear of congress and he's got the ear of all the media and if this is what he is suggesting there are going to be a lot of people who say that's exactly what we have to do he wants uh, he wants a full-on 14-day shutdown to kill the virus's chances to spread, or at least not kill it. It can't be, uh, but to slow it down to the point where we get to flatten the curve, as everyone talks about. So what? where are we today as we get started on this new week of, well, what did Hugh Hewitt call it this morning? The Great American Shutdown. Uh, schools are shut down. All over Ohio, every school is shut down. Today is day one of a three-week period. That will not stop at three weeks in all likelihood. The kids will not go back three weeks from today because Governor DeWine also over the weekend said he can absolutely see ending the school year this way. Now, there's a, that's an awful lot of time. We still have two weeks left of March, all of April, and all of May and for most schools, or many schools, into the first week or so of June. We are literally talking about two and a half months like this. And if the governor is prepared to say that the schools can't open for two and a half months, then the belief has to be that all of the other closings and banishments from public gatherings are also going to last for two and a half months. This isn't going to be a three-week thing. Dr. Fauci says 14 days. Governor Mike DeWine here is essentially saying it could be much, much worse than that and much longer than that. So where are we today as we start again this first day of the Great American Shutdown? We have a lot of people in hysterics on one side saying, save us, save us, save us. Please, daddy, government, save us all. We'll do whatever you say. We'll surrender whatever you want us to surrender in terms of rights and liberties. We have other people saying this is an absolute joke. This is a complete and utter government takeover for no reason whatsoever than governmental power. The virus is not that dangerous. Let's look at the statistics, comparing it to other viruses, other pandemics, compare it to other things in everyday life, compare it to traffic fatalities, compare it to opioid opioid overdoses. The number of deaths does not warrant this hysteria. I think those are the two extreme sides and I think the truth, and I think the, the best-case scenario for us is to find a spot somewhere in between them. I do not think that every government official is trying to overtake the world. I think they have America's best interest, generally speaking, in terms of public health at heart. I do. I think, however, that particular mindset can be corrupted by others who are advising many of these government officials, telling them that this should be done to give themselves more leeway and thus more power on how to respond to these things. And that's what has some people uh, really, really concerned about this full-on government power, power grab, this takeover. And there is ample evidence, by the way, Ample evidence in some circles that that's accurate. In some cities, they are passing ordinances and laws outlawing the sale of ammunition and and, and, uh, uh, firearms. As a result of this pandemic, what does a coronavirus outbreak have to do with the Second Amendment? But they are using it to shut down other liberties. Also banning the sale of alcohol. Again, Why? What does that have to do with the public health crisis? So those on the side of, hey, the government is going out of control right now in response to this, have some ammunition, verbal ammunition, on their side. But I think those who say no, the government and the governor in our case in the state of Ohio is doing what has to be done just to protect people. They have some ammunition on their side as well. I don't think anybody is right in an absolute sense. I think we have a legitimate uh, balance that must be found between government response, helping the American people, but not going too far and in crushing the American people. And I welcome your thoughts. Jim Jordan will give us his thoughts coming up at 9.48 this morning. We will also talk to Bob Paducic, who is the uh, senior advisor. He is a senior advisor to Trump 2020, Trump-Pence campaign. He's going to respond to what happened last night on the debate stage between Bernie and Biden. And I've got some thoughts on that as well. Other than those two guests, the phone lines are yours. 216 901 Let's talk about this together. Let's talk about this as what we are. Responsible Americans looking for the right way to handle this pandemic crisis without stomping up and down on Americans' civil liberties. Back after this. 9.26 9.26 now, we continue, AM 1420, The Answer, Election Day tomorrow, Primary Day. Make sure you get out there and vote again. Kind of an oddity that we're going to go ahead and collect uh, in uh, one location, uh, in all the locations, of course. But this is what we're doing. Let's be reasonable. Let's be sensible. Let's make sure we go out and vote. And by the way, uh, just uh, a reminder, I don't care who you support. Just vote. Like for me, uh, I'm voting. I have not endorsed. I know who I'm going to vote for in various races, particularly judicial races. But other than Donald J. Trump, I am not endorsing any political candidate in any of these primary races. But I will endorse this, that we all need to go out there and vote. Be smart. Be sensible. Don't shake hands when you get there. Make sure you have, uh, uh, if you can get your hands on some uh, uh, of the uh, hand sanitizer, make sure that you use it before you touch voting machines. And after you touch voting machines, let's all just be smart. And reasonable, because that's how we uh, that's how we get by. Frank is in Brook Park on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Frank. Go ahead.
4: Thank you. Uh, yes, sir. Just a heads up for everyone. There's a very good website, www.pop.org, dot org. Steve Mosher heads up the Population Research Institute. He's been 30 years of experience in China. He has firsthand information. His website is pop.org dot org. Uh, there's an excellent article in there that was posted February 24th about uh, the uh, the emergency meeting in Beijing and Xi Hi Xi
2: Yeah, the, the if you want the,
4: to uh, turn in to listen to pop dot little The website it's excellent. Steve Mosher heads it up.
2: Okay, I appreciate the heads up. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate the call. Let me get to uh, Marty in Cleveland next on AM 1420. The answer. Hi, Marty. Go ahead.
3: Hey Bob. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a contrarian. I do believe that this is serious, but I've not seen where, you know, we're having to stop the the spread of this. And, and what is this? I mean, I understand it that you feel bad for a couple of days, and it's serious for the elderly and comorbid conditions. Could we have done something to more so quarantine that or control that? Maybe play the basketball tourney with no crowds, just televise it, uh, limit crowds in restaurants and such. But uh, I, I know we need to react. It just seems to be a total overreaction. And I don't know, maybe you have other
2: information. Well, you know, it's not really new information. You probably have it too, Marty. I'm just trying to evaluate it all as objectively as I can. And, and for example, they were going to do the no crowd thing until they found out that a player has it. Then they found out that another player got it who was on his team, which means it's obviously very easy to transmit. Thanks for the call, Marty. It's very easy to transmit. Uh, and then the concern becomes, okay, when these guys leave the arena, uh, who are they going to transmit it to? To their elderly, you know, family members or whatever. The point being that once it it uh, it became apparent that this close contact, you know, they say don't put your hands in your face, don't touch your eyes, don't touch your nose, don't touch your mouth, etc. Uh, you know, in professional sports, your hands are in each, other, particularly basketball, but your hands are in faces all the time, and in, in all of the uh, various uh, uh, sports and 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 you know many other activities. So. So I I do understand, I don't like it, but I do understand the overabundance of caution in some ways. However, I think some of them push the boundaries a little bit too far as it pertains, again, to Constitu- the Constitution. The First Amendment, the Second Amendment, and other rights are being... They're in peril, let's put it that way. And the real question isn't whether or not the government should be taking these away now in an effort to help stop this pandemic. It's when will they surrender their new power back. Because the next time you see a government uh, restore power that they have taken away from the people um, will be the first time that I can be aware of. And that's the one thing that I think a lot of people are concerned about. So again, I want to find a solution that provides balance, meaning let's work on the health crisis without shutting down everybody's lives, and I'm not talking about just ball games either. More coming up after the news, AM 1420, The Answer. 9.35 now, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Don't forget Congressman Jim Jordan is going to join us to talk about what's going on at the federal level with respect to the Wuhan coronavirus and what is going on in his district, which is my district, Ohio's fourth congressional district. So we're looking forward to that conversation. Also, there was a debate last night. Meanwhile, right, elections go on. Campaigns go on. Primaries go on. There was a debate last night between Joe Biden. And Bernie Sanders, we're going to get uh, uh, the reaction of Jim Jordan to that, as well as Bob Paduchik, the co-chair, not the co-chair, beg pardon, he is the senior advisor to the Trump-Pence 2020 campaign. So, yeah, elections go on. By the way, speaking of that, don't forget you have to vote tomorrow. If you have not already voted, early voting, uh, tomorrow is your opportunity. Now, I will tell you this. Please double-check with your local board of elections to make sure that your campaign or not campaign your polling location has not changed the reason why is i was notified my wife my daughter who's freaking me out now because she will vote this year uh we all got notifications um uh, saying that our polling location had changed and the reason why is we used to vote our normal polling location happens to be in a senior center a, a, you know a, a senior living center and obviously with senior citizens being the ones most at risk of the uh, Wuhan coronavirus, they decided let's not bring all kinds of strangers carrying whatever it is they may be carrying into this environment where all, the, all of these seniors are. So our polling location was moved. So uh, just double check. Make sure that there aren't precautions being taken or make sure maybe that there are precautions being taken. You know, you may want to check into that, too. Should you bring your own hand wipes and hand sanitizer to the polls so that you can wipe things down before you start pushing buttons and touching uh, machines that other people um, have touched? Uh, let's just be smart about this. I think that's the most important thing. I want to share with you, before I go back to the phones, though, one of the examples that I'm talking about when I say what I'm looking for, and I think what we should all be looking for as Americans here, is for our government to be working for us, in terms of trying to help uh, deal with this pandemic. This is a national, it's an international health crisis. Okay. I want them to work with us, but I want it to be within the boundaries of laws and of the Constitution. And this is what I'm talking about. The mayor of Champaign, Illinois, whose name is Deborah Frank Um, Interesting name. Uh, issued a coronavirus related emergency declaration on Friday that will allow her to ban the sale of guns in Champaign, Illinois, as well as ammunition and for some reason alcohol for a limited time. The emergency declaration gives Finance Office extra this is a quote in the in the in the bill extraordinary powers end quote. And made uh, it was made despite there being no confirmed coronavirus cases in central Illinois as of Thursday evening. So Thursday evening, no cases in central Illinois. Friday, the mayor of Champaign, Illinois, executes what some would describe, and I'm among them, a power grab. According to WAND-TV in Illinois, the news outlet there noted that the city's municipal code grants the mayor authority to declare an emergency for a limited time and goes on to list several of the powers allotted to the mayor in such an instance. And among them are banning the sale of firearms and ammunition, banning the sale of any alcohol, closing all bars, taverns, liquor stores, etc., banning the sale or giving away of gasoline or other liquid, flammable, or combustible products in any container, directing the shut off of power, water, and gas, taking possession of private property. I'll come back to that one. Taking possession of private property and obtaining full title to same and prohibit or restrict ingress and egress to and from the city. According to the City of Champaign's communications manager, Jeff Hamilton, The executive order allows the city to be flexible to properly respond to the emergency needs of our community. He added that none of the options will necessarily be implemented, but are available to the mayor in order to protect the welfare and safety of the community if needed. Now, I'm looking for some possible reason and rationale why a public emergency, particularly one that is a health scare, a pandemic would require the banning of firearms and ammunition from being sold or alcohol from being sold. I'm struggling. I'm searching for a reason why this would be there. But this mayor now, if this uh, 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 bill on Friday that was put forth or this movement was put put forth uh, is agreed upon by the city council, the mayor will have all the power to do all of the above. An emergency at an emergency meeting Friday morning, the city council. Oh, I beg your pardon. They already approved the ordinance that morning. Sorry, I thought this was just what was put forth. The city council unanimously approved that uh, that the ordinance effectively placing the city under local emergency under under the power of the mayor um, will uh, continue until well, it will be in place for 28 days, as of now making sure that we are prepared and ready for any eventuality. I hope all of this is for naught and none of the emergency measures we've put into place are necessary, fine and said, after the ordinance was passed. I'm a little worried by that. I'm a little worried by a couple of things. Number one, that a mayor can have uh, the right to ban the Second Amendment or limit or restrict or really end the Second Amendment for 28 days if she sees fit by by way of ordinances like this. And number two, I don't like the words in any, uh, uh, any eventuality. That means... I can decide, whatever the eventuality is, I can decide what is the necessary response to that. I've been given full and total control by the city council. I find that very, very, very alarming. And this is the kind of thing that a lot of people are going to say is why we cannot trust the government to uh, uh, effectively respond to the coronavirus pandemic. Now again I don't want to uh, this this is not going to be I do not believe widespread so I do not agree with the wild hey the government is all coming to get us type of um uh you know response but I also don't think that we can just hand power unlimited to people like the governor even in the gov- the governor of the state for whom I voted I don't think we can hand unlimited power to mayors city managers or anybody else for that matter Um, To deal with all of this, because, again, you are literally surrendering a lot of things that uh, a lot of people fought and died to protect in terms of your liberties, in terms of your rights. And quite frankly, because the government is making some very, very difficult decisions um, in order to try to save lives, it is entirely possible that it could cost lives. So uh, that's the reason I'm looking for a balanced response between the government and the private uh, sector. The government cannot just hand down edicts, and the and the private sector cannot just run unabated. There has to be a balance, a reasonable, responsible approach to this, and that's what I'm calling for. All right, Gary is in Berea on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Gary, go ahead.
3: Hey, Bob, good morning. Hey, uh, I sent you uh, two research studies that were done in... Um 2015 at the University of Auburn School of Veterinary Medicine, which talked about the use of specially trained canines to detect the presence of viruses. It shows that dogs are 99 to 100 percent accurate. Wow! Now,
2: where'd you send yeah,
3: that? Yeah. I sent it. Gave it to Marcy. Marcy got it. Oh, okay. Gave it to so got it. Thank
2: you. you. Know I you have not seen it yet, yet, but I but I will I will check with her on that. I because that's very yeah. you know there there are there are dogs that have. Um, the unique ability to sense to smell cancer they 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 you know i mean seriously their noses are so incredible they can literally smell and detect cancer and they are used in in certain cases to tell if somebody is in remission or if somebody is somebody's cancer has returned so uh, that's a really interesting thing i'd be am looking forward to seeing what you found there what else did you have gary
3: yeah and you will you see that there are do- three dogs currently working in the united states to detect the presence of cedar and it has cut back tremendously on uh, the uh, contractual problems of of C. diff with their patients. And also once the room is decontaminated, the dogs come back in and verify that the room is completely clear of C. diff. And so C. diff is very, very costly, lawsuits and that that sort of thing. So the dogs have played a very, very important role in, in, uh, in making sure that that problem is eliminated. But go read the paper. And uh, I left my phone number if you want to talk more about it. But he, uh, a dog is very, very easy to, tra- to, to uh, train, providing its the optimum right breed, which is a Brittany Spaniel or laboratory retrieving. You can't... Okay,
2: well, I'll tell you what, Gary, I I do appreciate the info, and I will look at at that as soon as I get it from Marcy, and thanks very much for the heads-up. That's a very interesting thing. Uh, You know, all the technology in the world, uh, all the labs trying to detect this, that, or the other, and who knew, uh, perhaps, uh, that it was non-human intervention that might be helpful to us. Thank you for that, Gary. Uh, uh, Vince in Westlake, next, AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Vince, go ahead.
0: Hey, Bob, how you doing?
2: Good, sir, what's on your mind?
0: Thanks for... Thanks for addressing this, as always. Uh, You're doing a great job. Um, First of all, I agree with what you were talking about before. You know, between the two extremes, there lies some common sense in the middle. Yes. Um, While I'm falling on that side, I can't help but cast a wary eye uh, at the government, especially in light of some of the things you just mentioned now about the, the mayor of Champaign and other places around the country that are making power grabs, that, as you also said, once the government takes that power from you, they're really, really slow to give it back if they ever do at all.
2: Exactly. And, that that, and that and is the, the one thing government does not like to do is cede power that government. they've
0: already gained. The other, the other thing I just want to know, you know, we've had crazy amounts of people die from the flu over the past couple of years. 21,000, I heard a number so far this year of the regular flu last season, 60,000, millions of people worldwide afflicted by it. Uh, and yet, they're saying, you know, all the all the medical professionals are talking about, you know, the the survival rate of this particular coronavirus. Most people are going to survive it. So my question is, why, why this panic, why this overreach, why this hysteria? Uh, I'll let you. you know, thank, thank you, and
2: there. you know what, I I will comment on that. Thank you for the call, Vince. I appreciate it. Here's the here's the I I think what what we're witnessing is is a panic and hysteria that is not born in the United States, much like the disease itself, the virus itself, was not born in the United States. And what is happening in other countries is leading to the hysteria here. And I can tell you this. I have talked to people, just in private, not in the air, private life, when we talk about, you know, is the government overreaching by banning, or not banning, by closing bars and restaurants? Is the government overreaching by banning uh, events of 100 people or or more? Um, And... And my answer to that is I think yes, they are. Can there be reasonable restrictions? Yes. You know, you want to restrict the crowds of thousands at games? I understand. I can. I don't like it, but I can get it. I can see there are a lot of doctors who I think who have been unanimous on this front who will say that. Doctors are not unanimous on sizes of crowds. You know, because when when Mike Devine... Uh, instituted his 100-person gathering um, moratorium, if you will, last week. The same day Gavin Newsom in California said it was 250 for them. Uh, They got different doctors talking about what size of crowds are going to be realistically uh, um, dangerous in terms of transmission of the disease from one to others. Um, That's a problem for me. That's a problem for me when the science is not settled, when different doctors see it differently, when different politicians are relying upon different doctors. Now I know that this isn't a matter of, hey, we have to do this because this is the answer. If we knew for a fact that we had the answers, I think it would be a lot easier for a lot of us to accept on a temporary basis, maybe, the suspension of of other normal civil freedoms, civil liberties, right? But what happens is we see what's happening uh, in foreign countries like in Italy. And I'm talking to people who say, do you want that to be the case here? Of course we have to ban this. Of course we have to ban that. And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, well, in Italy, they don't have enough respirators. And doctors are being forced to play God. Doctors are being forced to decide who gets the respirator and who doesn't. And if you're 79 and in poor health, and you you are testing positive for coronavirus, the Wuhan coronavirus, and somebody else is 60 and in uh, a little bit of better health, is the doctor automatically going to give the respirator to help the 60-year-old breathe because they have more life left to live? And the 79-year-old, sorry about your luck, but you're going down? Uh, Do you really want that to happen here? This is what people say. Fear drives oftentimes public sentiment, and fear sometimes drives public policy. And we see things like that, and then we see things happening in Iran where they're burying coronavirus victims in mass graves. I mean, not even giving them the dignity of recognizing them as individual lives that have been lost. And, and whatever proper burial services are done there, they're just dumping them into mass graves. And people see things like that happening in other countries, and it terrifies them. We can't have that happen here. Government, do what you want. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll stay where you want me to stay. I'll surrender what, what you want me to surrender. Just don't let that happen to us. And that is a dangerous, dangerous uh, proposition. We can't allow that to happen. We can't allow fear to, to force us to surrender all of our liberties. At the same time, we can't just flip the bird at the government and say, ah, we don't need you. We'll just go on about our normal business and watch this pandemic spread the way that it is spreading in other countries. We can't do that either. We have to find a reasonable, common-sensible balance where the United States is allowed to live on. The United States people are allowed to go to work. The United States businesses are allowed to stay open. But good, healthy, sanitary practices are followed without the government going too far. I don't think a little bit of compromise is, is asking too much. Asking people to compromise a little bit about the way they do things. And I also don't think that asking to to allow the American people to continue to live and engage in commerce, I don't think that's asking too much of the government either. I'm looking for that balance without extremism on either side. 216-901-0945, the number to join us, 888-281-1110. I got a note from Congressman Jordan's people during that last segment saying he is a little behind. He's going to join us at 1008 this morning instead of uh, right now. So Congressman Jordan at 1008, Bob Paduchik on the debate last night, and more from the uh, Trump 2020 campaign. That'll be coming up at 1035. So uh, another segment of your calls right now, or right after this anyway, on AM 1420, The Answer. 9.56, 9.56, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, we are jammed up, I can tell you that. Uh, really, really great responses this morning. Keep the great phone calls coming, but understand when you dial, uh, not everybody's going to make it on today. I'm going to do my best to work through as many calls as I possibly can, but we are packed, and then we have two guests coming up next hour as well. So keep them coming at 2169010945. We'll get to everybody that we can, uh, including, uh, where's my update here? Including BJ, I think, in North Olmstead next on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, BJ, go ahead
4: uh... i didn't realize that george orwell was one of the greatest biblical prophets ever <laughs> i mean his prophecies make uh, this look like small potatoes i'm going to tell you bob this is a farce. until i see the death uh, columns in the newspapers jammed up with people dying from certain things i can't take anything serious you know i was a medic in the service during the korean war i worked around a lot of diseases i've seen a lot of illness I remember them spraying for mosquitoes in Avon and all those areas, all, all these uh, uh, pesticides they put on plants and everything. People survive. Get your butts out there, you older people. Have fun. If you're, if you're going to go, you might as well go having fun with life. Do not buy this crap. This is political hokum-pokum. First, first of all, more people are dying from all kinds of other diseases. Until this thing reaches epidemic proportions, don't make it an epidemic before it happens as an epidemic. Get out there and enjoy your life. Go to your restaurant, take your chances. If you're afraid of dying, then you're afraid of living. We have to wake up. I don't believe the people under the age of 65 are gonna buy this crap. I think there's gonna be a rebellion. I think this is a new world order type of concept. I don't buy any of it anymore. I did for a few days, but the medical profession can't walk off their jobs, can they? Who in the hell is gonna take care of people? I'm willing to volunteer to go to a a, a health clinic and take care of people at my age. I'm going to be 90 years old, and I want to keep living, but I'm not afraid of dying either. Don't buy this hokum. This is political crap. It's a lie. Until you see the newspapers flooded up with people dying from this disease like they did with uh, Typhoid Mary and the Asian flu and all these other different things and pig flu and duck flu and everything else, we got all kinds of animals crapping around—ducks and geese and everything else. We don't live in the cleanest world. We don't live in the dirtiest world. But we do live in this world, and we have to live in this world, and we should live in this world. Get out there and go to your restaurants. Go shopping. Live your life. If you're going to be pent up, then what the hell's the point of living? And I thank you for the time. And God bless America.
2: Thank you for the phone call, BJ. I appreciate it. Um I'm not going to dispute or disagree or argue with any particular point anybody wants to offer. Um, I'll just say this. I don't share that point of view, particularly about seniors. Um, I have talked to people who have, indeed, uh, medical backgrounds, and I'm talking about doctors, and I'm talking about uh, uh, nurse practitioners. I actually am related to one. Um, who have said this is absolutely legitimate, particularly as it pertains to seniors. If you can avoid uh, coming into contact with your senior citizen, your elderly, particularly if they have a, you know, what do they call it, an underlying health condition, um, do it. Because you may be carrying it and may not even be symptomatic. Um, and if a senior gets it, it, that is when the mortality rate goes through the roof. The mortality rate for the virus for the general population is obviously very, 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 very low, which is why so many of us are saying, why are we shutting down America for something that is so low in terms of the mortality rate? Um, But the mortality rate for senior citizens, particularly those who are sick, who have other illnesses, is very, very, very high. And that's the reason why I would just say, respectfully, I don't share the same point of view as it pertains to seniors. Now, does that mean they should be locked up against their will? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I agree with BJ on that front. But I don't know that I would encourage people to want to go out there and put themselves at risk. Uh, everybody, this, the beauty of this great country is we are endowed with freedoms and they cannot and should not be taken away from us. And if a 90-year-old wants to go out and uh, and 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 you know engage in conversation and and social activities with other people in the midst of all of this, uh that 90-year-old should be allowed to have the liberty to do that. Uh I also think it would be incumbent upon us to try to advise uh people in that circumstance to perhaps rethink it before they do it. I don't want liberty to be taken away, but I want common sense to prevail. Thank you, BJ. God bless you, sir, and I wish you always good health. 1001, Jim Jordan joins us right after this.